Welcome to 8 with 8, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team 8, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. First, if you're listening in real time, we just want to say happy 2024. Our team at SST8 wishes all of our listeners and our district, regional, and state partners a wonderful new year. Now, it would be fun to say new year, new season, but nope. We took a break for the winter holiday, and we hope that you got some rest too. And now we're back to work and back to our season on co-teaching. Today's episode features an award-winning co-teaching team from Medina High School. I would tell you more, but I think you're going to want to hear it directly from the source. So without further ado, the team at Medina High School. Hi, everyone. I'm Rhonda French, Assistant Director of Pupil Services in Medina City Schools. I'm here along with Katie. Katie, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Katie Hartung. I'm the Coordinator of Special Education for Medina City Schools. And Katie, along with me, are Pupil Service Department Administrator Representatives. We are missing Nina Pazitka, our Director of Pupil Services, but she deserves a shout out because she's our fearless leader. Our actual shining stars today, though, from Medina are Anne Fortney and Kelly Miller. (laughs) Anne and Kelly are one of our co-teaching pairs at Medina High School. I invited Anne and Kelly as representatives from our district today because their co-teaching practices are truly top-notch. They present with our Pupil Services Department as a model co-teaching pair for our district professional development, and they've done that over the past two years. They readily present high-quality teaching strategies that are immediately actionable. Teachers can take the information they deliver and go do it in their classrooms, and it's so powerful. It's a much better perspective for our teachers sitting in professional development to have versus listening to an administrator like me and Katie talk about theory and philosophy. Um, Another thing that we, um, as as a department that we value and appreciate is Kelly and Ann's integration of technology into their classroom. They are quick to embrace new and progressive ways to engage students. So I'm excited to share them with you all and the world today, or rather the greater Northeastern Ohio area anyway. So without further ado, our awesome co-teaching pair from Medina, Ann and Kelly. Wow, thanks, Rhonda. Yeah, thank you, Rhonda. This is Mike with SSTA. Thank you for the introduction. I'd like to introduce Tracy, my co-host. Hello, Tracy Mail from State Support Team 8. And wow, Rhonda, what a great introduction to the team today. I mean, really, we have nothing else to talk about. I'm just kidding. We have lots to talk about today. The shining stars of Medina here. We have Ann and Kelly, and we're just going to ask you some basic questions. And when we ask basic questions, we don't want basic answers, of course. We expect great answers. So we're looking forward for forward to you um, sharing with us your experience. Our goal is to make sure that our listeners, if they're considering co-teaching or if they're involved in co-teaching, just to learn from other practitioners about the great things that can occur when you implement the co-teaching service delivery model. So um, if we could start really quickly, if you could just let us know, Ann and Kelly, your roles. What do each of you do with um, co-teaching as you're like, what is your position? Um, in the classroom, and also what brought your team together? Can you go first? Sure. So I'm Anne. I teach language arts. I'm the, I don't know what you would call it, the content content expert, I guess, (laughs) even though Kelly really is too. Um, But this is my 15th year teaching, and I've been with Kelly for seven years. 
and this is my ninth year at Medina High School. Um, Kelly Miller, I'm the intervention specialist here at Medina, and I taught seven years at Cauga Falls before coming to Medina and becoming a B. And then, like Ann said, we've been teaching for seven years together. As an intervention specialist, I was in all academic settings, from math to science to social studies, and had zero language arts background when I came here. So I've learned a lot from Ann over the years with regard to the content and implementing best practices for language arts. Excellent. So you guys uh, have a resounding uh, team that is you know, supposedly super effective and everything like that. And we are so glad to be talking with you. Um, can you tell our listeners how, as a team, you make decisions and divide your labor? Um, and has that evolved since you've been together? Um, how did you first start out when you were a new team making decisions of who does what in the classroom? What are your roles and responsibilities? And uh, how does that look now? So I was at a different school for six years before I came to Medina. And I always, we didn't even call it co-teaching. It was, I had an intervention specialist who would come in for the majority of my classes and they would primarily sit in the back of the room. And I had one person that would fall asleep and I didn't realize that I was so boring. Uh, but then when I came to Medina and was paired up with Kelly, I couldn't believe how amazing it could be to co-teach because she was so willing to do everything with me. So I think what it came down to for us was communicating, planning everything together. We have a calendar that we sit and plan weekly. She told me right off the bat, I want to help you grade. And I said, you do? That's amazing. <laughs> um, and so really, like, we just plan and we communicate and we talk about what we want to do. And it kind of happens organically from there, who, who does what. And then, like, in the midst of a lesson, that might just kind of happen. We might not necessarily plan for me to teach first period. Kelly might jump in. But I would say for most of it, it's a lot of conversation, talking, communicating to each other. Yeah, and it'll be no surprise to anybody that I'm not a sit in the back of the tight room type no. person. <laughs> so when I came to Medina and started working with Anne, it sometimes it's difficult as an intervention specialist to enter somebody else's classroom when you don't know what their expectations are. So she welcomed me and was receptive to any suggestions I had, despite the fact that I'd never taught ELA before. Um, she set up space for me in the front of the room as opposed to the back of the room so that the students could identify that we were both teachers in the classroom. I wasn't just, you know, the helper in the back. And um, it made me feel comfortable in the class to take risks and to step in and to participate in the lesson so that it was truly a team effort instead of that. ELA teacher and the intervention specialist like on separate paths. And it is a joke in here that we are attached at the hip. We have all kinds of names like mm -hmm. the twins, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They call us all kinds of things. So <laughs> you don't usually see one without the other, which also helps. Joking so aside though, you know, their co-working and co-teaching relationship, you can, you will be able to tell immediately how much they clearly respect each other. So you heard them talk about their teaming strategies. 
but I don't think anything that they do would work if they didn't so clearly respect each other. And I also want to interject, you know, we joke around here too, that Anne is a, a local celebrity because in Medina City Schools, she was awarded the Inclusion Teacher of the Year Award. So Kelly in the 2020-2021 school year at, you know, the height of COVID, Kelly nominated Anne to be Medina City Schools Inclusion Teacher of the Year. And obviously she won. <laughs> and so <laughs> it'll be, you know, it's great. It will be great to listen to them because their high quality practices benefit each other as adults and coworkers in the classroom, but they clearly have awesome teaching strategies that benefit kids with disabilities and kids without disabilities. And I'd love to add to that, that in on top of the um, solid communication that they have with each other, they both are willing to learn. So if it, Kelly said that she had no background in ELA and that didn't mean that she was going to throw her hands up and do nothing. She took the time to get to know the content and similarly, Anne does the same um, to learn about our kids' needs and, and what supports can be put in place for them. So I think that growth mindset is huge for um, fostering that collaborative environment. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Rhonda, for the glowing reviews of Anne and Kelly. And you know, when we talk about co-teaching here at SSTA, when we do our professional development and we're trying to um, foster teams and, and get them to where they need to be, you know, we refer often to the eight components of co-teaching. And, you know, one thing that we always um, press is how important it is for administrative support. And the two of you here today supporting Ann and Kelly speaks volumes of the commitment that Medina has to the co-teaching model and serving students with disabilities, all students, but making sure that students with disabilities have access to the least restrictive environment and that they're experiencing the curriculum just like everyone else is. So um, that speaks volumes. And, and with that, we're really excited because you're talking a lot about, you know, um, the intervention specialist is not the helper in the back of the room. The intervention specialist, you know, you say we're Tweedledum and Tweedledee or, uh, you know, and then we're attached to the hip and people don't know the difference between the two of us. And we often talk about that, how important it is for students to, you know, understand that there may be some different roles, but really not really see, hey, um, they're working as a functioning team. And it's not that one does this and the other one just sits in, in, in the background. So we're really excited that you're sharing with us that that is the climate, that is the relationship that you have with your team. And with that, you know, we know that you each bring talents. Language arts was your superpower walking into the walking into the situation and being an in intervention specialist was your superpower walking into the situation as becoming a co-teaching team. But really, you know that the reason you're doing it is that you have a diverse group of students and that co-teaching allows for differentiation and personalized instruction. So how do you two as a team with your superpowers ensure that diverse student needs are being met within that classroom that is your universe? So the biggest thing that we do is we work together. We plan together. We go through what we think the lesson should look like together. And then we take it apart to figure out how can we differentiate it to make sure that all students are meeting our expectations. So right now in our classroom, if you walked in, you would 
part of it is we call it our vibe. Like our classroom's very welcoming. Um, and so we like to play off of that. We greet the kids at the door. They're seated in groups, sometimes strategically placed in the group, sometimes just naturally grouped. Um, and we do a lot of choice with our students so that each kid can have the option to choose how they demonstrate what they're learning, um, how they can express themselves to us. And we weren't comfortable doing that at first, but the nice thing is we have each other. And so we always talk about like, I couldn't imagine not being in a classroom and there being like another adult, another brain, another person on a good day to celebrate with you and on a bad day to like cry with you or whatever it needs to be. So we truly do everything together, but our end focus is how can we get the kids to buy in and how can we get them to demonstrate what they know? And so our main thing with differentiation and I guess our joint superpower is that we try to give kids choice. We let them choose whether it be they tell us or we give them options and they pick from there. And I think going off of that, one way to really help differentiation is really get to know our students. Like we have a lot of kids who are really artistic. So we might push them to show what they know through some kind of visual representation or drawing or painting or something, connecting it to a quote from the story. So if we can kind of leverage their strengths, um, maybe they won't feel so overwhelmed with the assignment or the assessment, but we really do try to get to know our kids first. That's awesome, you guys. So you have talked about how to meet the needs of all of your students and that you both have a, basically an equal role in doing that. You bring your talents to that, you are flexible, you plan, and you try to give your students choice. I'm hearing a lot of universal design for learning to help your students become expert learners. And I absolutely love that. You just do that as a, a matter of how you do business. That's excellent. Um, so can you share with our listeners how if there is a very challenging situation that kind of goes beyond universal design for learning or goes beyond the routine of your classroom. How do you guys handle that? How do you navigate between both of you in handling whatever situations may be, you know, above and beyond the norm of the culture of your classroom? So we actually were talking about that as we were kind of preparing for this, um, that we try not to do like the mom versus dad or like go ask Mrs. Miller versus go ask Mrs. Fortney. Like we want to ensure that we're always on the same page. And so when we have a difficult student or we have to come up with an idea outside of what we would do for all of the kids, we always discuss it together. And like, if it doesn't just naturally happen that we have to discuss it together, we trust that each one is making the best decision for our students. And that like, whatever she decides, whether I happen to be there or it happened because I was in a different place, I trust that the choice she made was the best choice and support her in whatever that decision was. And then um, we have no problem like sitting down with the difficult kid and saying like, hey, how can we make it so that you feel comfortable in this room? Or how can you, you know, demonstrate what you know? We don't have a problem 
calling home, having those difficult conversations, staying actively um, communicating with parents back and forth is something that we pride ourselves in. And so there's never really that like shocking moment if something happens because we've been communicating through the whole, like the whole time, but we really don't have behavior. I mean, we have a goofy group of kids, but I wouldn't say we have like behavior because our students know the expectations. We remind them of the expectations. We joke around like one could be good cop, one can be bad cop. But as a relationship has kind of developed, we can tell when the other one needs help or the other one needs someone to step in or needs to take that kid and work one-on-one -on -one or sit down next to them. We've just kind of, um, we have a look that we just look yeah, at. Yeah. We just like know now after being <laughs> together for so long, like this one's not, this one's testing my, you know, patience today. And then the other one steps in. Mm -hmm. So we do, we do tag team mm -hmm. a lot. They also understand when to refer to the resources within the building. So at Medina High School, you know, we have 2000 students, so we're a big entity and we fortunately do have a lot of resources located in the high school. Kelly and Anne are both well-respected in the building. So they worked, uh, you've heard them talk about how they work to develop quality relationships with students. They do the same for their coworkers. And so because they're integrated into those initiatives like district leadership teams or being the head of our high school special ed department, <clears throat> they, they understand and work well within the hierarchical groups, I guess you can call them, that naturally occur in the building. So if something, you know, isn't necessarily working out, they know who to consult with to be able to figure out what they need to do. So kind of back to Katie was saying is that they have that growth mindset so they can go to the resource that they know might have the answer and then work it into their practice. That's perfect. And um, so you guys work together you are on the same page, you communicate, everything's going well in your classroom, but we know that doesn't happen in a bhabhal. And um, uh, Rhonda and Katie have said a lot about how you're out and about in the building, you're very well respected with that. Um, can you let our listeners know about what helps support you? In other words, what administrative support, what support from the system at, at all levels, from your other colleagues, what helps you guys be the best co-teachers that you can be and what other support might you need to keep moving on and evolving as a team? And Rhonda and Katie, feel free to jump in here also. I'll say our administration is pretty great. I mean, they do fun things like I'll never forget the time our principal came around pushing a little cart full of pudding and cupcakes or something, <laughs> rolled it into our class and had all the teachers grab, you know, a dessert. Um, they, the administrators organize other little things in our, we have a Zen Den where they have dip days and just days where you can get together with other teachers. But I'd say the big thing is that we're given a lot of time to collaborate with our teachers so we can sit and talk to other teachers. We can share what we're doing in our classroom, hear what they're doing, talk about, you know, some of the pitfalls we're coming across and how to, you know, fix them. So I think one huge thing is collaboration, like getting us out of our room and talking to 
other teachers, really. And something that's been nice for us is that um, Rhonda, Katie, and Mina have invited us to come and participate in co-teaching training, um, which is something that happens for new co-taught pairs, but it's always good for us as older veteran co-taught pairs to get to have conversations with other teachers and like they'll have questions for us but then at the same time we're still learning and then they have great suggestions like what is what has worked for them and we could implement implement that in our room um so i feel like continuing pd would be beneficial like we um, everyone's saying that we're experts and we're great and wonderful and we appreciate those compliments, but we're still learning and still open to suggestions and ideas. Um, so something that would be neat for us or I think just any co-taught pairs that have been together for a while is the ability to go see others, maybe that are newer or that are in a different subject. So just so we can see different perspective because I mean, it's really easy for us to get stuck in our ways and the things that we do. And we always joke that our relationship works so well because we do get along. Um, but we didn't add this at the beginning, but we do live on the same street mm -hmm. and we are friends outside of work. So that helps. But it would be nice to maybe see your non-traditional where maybe they're not friends outside of work, but they still work collaboratively and collectively and for the benefit of all students. The other thing, um... Ann and Kelly, do you want to talk about the class that you guys took together? I thought that was so cool that you guys did that, the technology class that you took. It might have been a couple years ago at this point. Yes. So in the height of COVID, when nobody knew what was to be expected in education, Ann and I um, signed up for a class, like a million billion hours. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how money it was, but it was a lot. 50 hours or something. And we um, presented it to the instructor through whatever the... Concordia or whatever the university was and asked if we could do it together. We both had to timesheet our own hours and we both had to contribute equally, but we turned almost our entire class that was like a traditional paper, book, all that kind of stuff virtually. And we like basically revamped everything that we had been doing prior together and um, turned it all so that our students would be able to still access the curriculum and best practice from wherever during that time, which we didn't know they were going to be learning. So they they totally transformed their classroom and they were co like students in that situation and then gained all those strategies to implement in their classroom. So when they do PD, it's so powerful because fortunately they've had these, you know, many hours together to develop these awesome things. But the some of the technology that they utilize in the classroom is just like phenomenal, even using like kind of like a Bitmoji and I can't remember what it's called to create a group photo of your classroom. So what they do at the top of the Google Classroom banner is it's Bitmojis as a group with all the kids in their class and something just so simple like that and integrating the technology is powerful and it builds a a culture in your classroom that is inclusive, which is really the goal. So they have really worked to implement some fun technology pieces um, because of that specific course that they took. And that I website, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say the website is called Pixton and it was free and, they, and even high school students loved creating their little avatars and we put them all together in a class. <laughs> it was hilarious actually. <laughs> 
And that helps them to stay relevant for the kids too, right? So all that technology and integrating all of that was probably uncomfortable for you guys at the height of COVID. Um, but you guys always are willing to take those risks and continue to grow and 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 move forward with your practices to help the kids stay engaged, which is fantastic. Yeah, well, think- uh, oh, sorry, Mike. Uh, th- I was just going to say, I love that you're creating not just a classroom of students, but a community. And, um, you know, being inclusive isn't just putting students with disabilities or diverse learners within a classroom of um, students who are not receiving specialized services. It's about taking that extra step and creating that community of learners so everyone feels safe and comfortable in what they're doing. And so kudos for you guys going above and beyond. You're amazing. So Mike has um, some more questions for you. So here goes. Absolutely. One thing that we've heard through uh, the conversation today is collaboration and that you two work together seamlessly. You work together and that, you know, you said earlier that, you know, you're attached to the hip. But that that little anecdote that you just shared with us regarding the um, professional development of you, it wasn't two silos. It was you are a package deal and that you are going into this together because you know the two of you are working together to make things great for students. And in the process, you're creating things like the culture and the environment and the climate. And you've done a really great job really painting a picture for all of us about what it's like in Anne and Kelly's co-taught classroom. But there are some people out there that are in the audience and they may be listening to this podcast because they're on the fence about co-teaching and what it is and what it's about. You know, what would you say from your experiences to anyone that would be skeptical of co-teaching or maybe a district that's like, "Ah, we could do it, but we're not going to do it. Ann and Kelly, this is your time to sell it. Tell us if there were skeptics out there that are saying, and you know, and sometimes the skeptics not only are in the district, but it could also be stakeholders like guardians and parents, maybe even other students that may be skeptical about being in a co-talk classroom. What do you have to say to the, and I don't want to use the word hater, but I'm going to, what do you, what would you say to the haters out there that are anti co-teaching? Um, so we have this conversation a lot because I think like for me, I'm an intervention specialist and that's my job is to intervene and to advocate for my students. And so I can't see it being done any other way. Um, they're learners just like everybody else and deserve all the same opportunities as everybody else. Um, but a lot of times I think gen ed teachers are nervous to um, have to address multiple needs within a classroom. And I think that, and I can just speak for Anne, I think that being open and welcoming to it, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here, I think that it makes educators better in the sense that they try things that they wouldn't have tried before. They take risks. They allow somebody else to come into their classroom where maybe they're not the expert, but they are 
you know, in a sense, the expert on what students need in order to be successful. And so I have always been a huge advocate for co-teaching. Um, I've always said that students should learn within the least restrictive environment. They shouldn't be like, you know, in the boiler room, down the hall, hidden from everybody else. They're all our students and they all deserve the best opportunities. So I think that as scary as it could be, you're not alone. There's somebody there to help you throughout the process. And I mean, often they say two brains are better than one. So don't get us wrong. I mean, there's times where we don't necessarily agree, but we have that respect for each other where we'll either like battle it out or we'll just be like, let's try it. And if it fails, we'll try it again a different way. Um, and so, you know, it, it is, our classroom is very welcoming and we do have an excellent relationship, but it's not easy. And it's not, um, and I think that's part of why people are hesitant is because it, it does take extra work. Anne has to um, attend almost all of my IEP meetings because she is my sidekick. And so our students are working on those goals that she can speak to in class. And so it's extra work there. Um, sometimes we get additional behavior students in our class because, you know, there are two of us and there's an intervention specialist expert in there. So she has to be willing to deal with that. Um, but the bottom line is, and I always go back to, there are students regardless and they should have the opportunity to be taught by anybody at any time in any situation. So that's just my intervention specialist view on it. I can give my language arts teacher view on it too. <laughs> I will say if you do it right and you communicate, it's amazing. You have someone in there with you the whole class period or multiple class periods like us. And as long as you do communicate, you talk to each other, like Kelly types me up a nice little chart of all the students I have on IEPs and with little check marks, you know, what their accommodations are. So it's not so overwhelming to me because that can be overwhelming. If you have so many students that have a lot of accommodations, it's just little things like that, that the intervention specialist can do to make it so that the general ed teacher isn't, you know, overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, we always joke to each other, if you leave, I'm leaving too, because I, I don't think I can do this job anymore just on my own. So, <laughs> so if you do work together and you, you know, talk to each other, it can, it's amazing, really. From the district perspective, you know, we offer co-teaching because it allows us to have a greater continuum of services. Okay, that's the primary reason. But we have a greater goal. We as a district have developed our portrait of a graduate. So it outlines the competencies that we want to see in students when they graduate. And none of the competencies, sorry guys, say better reader, better at math. It says problem solver, effective communicator. We want people to graduate from Medina High School as good humans. And so when we think about the benefits of co-teaching and inclusion, that's what it is because kids are gonna graduate from high school and all of them, whether we want it, want them to or not, are going out into the community to try to find meaningful things to engage in. And so it then also, and Kelly and Ann do a good job of recognizing this, but it's ELA specific, but it's also not ELA specific. It's how do we make our kids be better people so they can be effective after they graduate from high school. And Rhonda, that is so important that what's happening district-wide through all situations, interactions, whether it's instruction, whether it's co-curricular, that it leads to that final destination, your portrait of a graduate, students that are engaged in activities 
productively, positively in their post-secondary lives. And, you know, it's often easy to get put in that one little bubble, like your own little sphere where you're like, okay, it's about the standards. It's about this. It's about my content area. But what's happening is the district sees the value of creating graduates that fit that portrait and that Ann and Kelly and what they're doing in their classroom really, really feeds into that and creates those. It's not just about language arts, like you said, Rhonda, it's about creating that portrait of a graduate, productive um, students engaging in their post-secondary endeavors. So everyone plays an important part, but we can't be operating in silos. And what you just said shows how it all works together, that it's all part of that tapestry. Um, so we definitely have champions here at the table for co-teaching. And we have people that will um, encourage others to go into it. However, what is the one thing that, or not just one thing, because I know there's multiple things, but like what brings you joy, Ann and Kelly, about co-teaching? It's so funny. We say that phrase all the time. <laughs> we'll do like ridiculous <laughs> things and we'll be like, but it brings us joy. <laughs> like we do, I mean, yes, obviously, like for me, it's the uh, IEPs and the making progress on their goals. And for Anne, it's the curriculum. But more importantly, we laugh a lot. And people will tell you, like, they walk by our room and are jealous of the fact that there's two people in there and we are always, like, laughing and joking. And so we take it seriously, but at the same time, we we don't. I don't, that doesn't, that sounds bad, but like we know it's our job we know what the expectation is and we do it to the fullest but at the same time we have fun while doing it mm -hmm. so we expect the unexpected every single day we like have this plan and we think this is how it's going to go and then whoops they're kids and they control everything and it changes and so we've learned to roll with it and have fun with it and um we admit all the time not all the time we admit like if something goes wrong and we'll say like, well, that didn't work out how we had planned. Let's try it again together. So I think our students know like we're human too. And it's okay to, to have failures and we'll all fail together and then we'll learn from it. And how can we improve and be better? Um, and I forgot what the question was because I was talking what, too what much. Brings us joy? <laughs> oh. I, was, I will also say our candy basket. Yes. <laughs> we have candy that we give kids all the time that we're always eating out of. So that brings me, me joy. Um, but yeah, I would agree that laughing is like you constantly have someone to laugh with and we do laugh very loudly. So if you don't, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a firm believer in humor and that, Humor really makes things uh, more palatable sometimes, you know, but there is a place and time for everything because, you know, I've been known as a jokester sometimes and you got to know when to lay off and let it go. But, you know, I, we're seeing here a relationship that is grounded in trust, communication, collaboration. Um, you know, it's great that your friends outside of the classroom as well, but not everyone has that. And with that, you know, we have some folks that are working in like what, and you had mentioned at one point, you're like, I wasn't exactly sure what a co-teacher was, even though I was told I was co-teaching maybe somewhere else. I landed here in Medina and I'm experiencing it in a different way. What are some, one pearl of wisdom from each one of you to throw out there 
to new co-teaching teams. What's one pearl of wisdom? Like if they're thinking about like, oh, I really don't want to do this anymore. What's a pearl of wisdom to keep them going? I do think the situation that you're in makes a difference. And that's the support from administration. So um, I have always said that in order for co-teaching to work, you have to allow the two individuals doing it to build a relationship. And that can't be one period a day. Like for us, we're together four periods a day, which is probably why people think we are always together, which we are. Um, and so in order to build that relationship, you have to have that schedule that allows you one to plan. So both of our plan periods are together, which is amazing. And then four out of our six classes that we teach are also together. And so like bopping around, I could imagine would be very difficult to go from one person to another person to another person. So um, that's been amazing for our administration to help us with that. And so I would say, if that's not what's happening to speak up and kind of advocate for yourself and for your students, because it'll also be what's best for your students. And then our biggest thing is that we truly do communicate almost everything with each other. Um, we are texting all the time, or if we're not in the room together, we have like an idea, we have to like shoot each other a message to make sure we don't forget or like sharing, we're constantly sharing things back and forth just so that, you know, we can have two brains that are working together as one in order to make sure that our students get the most out of whatever it is that we need them to do. Um, I would say one big thing to, would just to, to communicate obviously, um, but you have to be flexible. In the co-taught world, you have to expect the unexpected. Anything can happen, but we do always say like that's one of the best parts about our job. It's never the same every day. We are restricted by bells, um, but every single day is different because we have so many different kids, and that's one cool part. Cool part about our job, but you just you really do have to expect the unexpected, and when crazy things happen, just be flexible and calm and have fun in the process. My pearl of advice from the administrative perspective is don't keep doing the same thing for the sake of doing the same thing. And if it's not working, try something different. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all of the, your insight and giving our listeners an idea of the great things happening with co-teaching in Medina. And that's it for another episode of 8 with 8. Congratulations to Ann and Kelly for being such a powerful, positive example for their district colleagues, bringing the benefits and challenges of co-teaching to life and professional development and helping grow the teaching practices of their peers. And honestly, shout out to Rhonda for the best introduction of a colleague in the history of 8 with 8. Your pride in these amazing co-teachers is evident and you have a bright future in podcasting if you're ever interested. While Ann and Kelly and all of Medina City will be a tough act to follow, but I'm confident that we have even more co-teaching greatness to share. So catch us next week when we journey into the realm of elementary co-teaching, which is a less common, but potentially very beneficial application of co-teaching. We'll see you soon.